Hey guys, good morning. How are you doing today? Come on, we can do better than that. Let's, let's get some, some hype in here. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, there's literally half the amount of people in the 9 a.m. service, and I know I tell you every week, they kill you guys with the amount of noise. Like, they actually destroy you. They ravage you. They, they kill you to the point, and then they resurrect you and kill you again. Like, that's how loud they are. No, uh, I, I kind of just have a, a little bit of bad news. Chris is still currently uh, locked up in his basement uh, listening to his 30 days of Christmas music. Um, so he's not here, able to be here today, and so I get to, the great pleasure of being here. And uh, first, I just want to lift up a couple people. If you're a guest, I want to let you know you're not visiting with us today. You are a guest of honor, and we are so glad that you are here. Everything we do on Sunday mornings is directed to make it as easy as possible for you to come in and possibly uh, gain a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And second, um, if you are a volunteer, I just want to say thank you so much. We cannot do what we do if it was not for you. Some of you come in at six in the morning and set this place up. Some of you guys come in and greet people and just have nothing but a smiling face for for people to come in. And guys, I just want to give you a round of applause because I appreciate you. Um, no, I, I'm actually incredibly excited to be able to speak to you guys today because it's right around Christmas time and I absolutely love Christmas. I love everything about Christmas. I love snow. I'm from Michigan. I know we don't, you know, I say snow and you guys are like, what's that? Um, it's the stuff that's white and it falls out of the sky uh, around this time. I absolutely love snow. Uh, I love the fact that we have a day where for 24 hours I get to see Ralphie shoot his eye out. Um, <laughs> exactly. I, I love the fact that whenever he drops the, uh, the hubcap, he says, oh, fudge, but it wasn't fudge. Like, I absolutely love the fact that uh, we get presents and that we get to spend time with family. I recently uh, discovered a new movie, uh, and that's the movie Elf. Who's seen it? There we go. Uh, I, and I look forward to every year I get to witness him discovering the world's best cup of coffee. I am so excited. I love Christmas. I love snickerdoodle cookies. Everybody who knows me is tired of hearing me talk about snickerdoodle cookies. I love brownies and every other form of gluttony that comes with Christmas. I just absolutely love this time of year. And so the problem is, is as Chris asked me to talk, we're, we're doing a series, and this is part two, called Silent Night. And it's the idea of when God is silent, and it's, it was hard for me, because with Christmas comes such great joy, and I love it. And how can I talk about a time that's so down and so sad, you know, during silent, during Christmas? And, and, and until I was talking to Luther at, uh, at our group last Sunday, and see, Luther, like me, shares our love for gluttony. And he's telling me about this restaurant called Rodizio Grill. And has anybody ever been there? That's, that's awesome. I love that. Because I get to share this with you. Because I've never been there either. But I'm certain that it is my favorite restaurant. <laughs> and, and I haven't tried. I'm, I'm poor. I, I can't go quite yet. So, but I plan on getting there eventually. So I'm going to pull up some pictures um, and kind of explain how Rodizio Grill works. Uh, and Luther, uh, I, I was talking to him about this idea. And he's like, you know what? I'm in Nashville. He's like, just for you. I will go eat there today uh, so I can get you some pictures. So I'm so glad I was able to, uh, you know, put him under the, the table like that. And uh, he was, you know, forced to go and, and serve, and he has such a servant's heart. Uh, I love it. So, uh, so what happens is you go in and you have this thing sitting on your table, and whenever it's, you got one side is red and the other side is green, and, and as long as it's sitting on red, nothing happens. They have all these people moving around the building, people pushing carts of meat, uh, and, and I'll get to what type of meat in a moment because I, I love meat. But um, so as long as it's on red, on red, nothing happens. But the moment you switch it from red to green, 
an arsenal of people with skewers and grills and pushing carts, shows up with, with all kinds of meat and just starts handing it to you. You say, I'll take a little of that, a little of that, some of that. And I just kind of want to read some of it. Um, there, there's nine types of steak. I, I got so excited. I got on the website. Every time I find something, I research it for a solid 24 hours. I, I literally spent 24 hours on this website. It, it's delicious. Um, nine different ways of steak, four different ways of chicken, four types of pork, lamb, seafood, and in certain types of year, you can actually get rattlesnake. And I'm, like, I'm a stoy hombre. Like, I'm a man. Like, I, that just sounds amazing to me. Um, but, and here's the thing, if, if, you're, a, if you're like a, a, a veggie guy or a veggie girl, one, I'm praying for you, but two, um, they have an all-you-can-eat salad bar, and uh, you can eat all the artico, artichoke hearts and, and asparagus until your heart is lifted with joy. Um, so with that, and you're wondering, why, why does that matter? What, what is this whole point? And, and I, I want to get to the fact that I realize that moving from red to green, that's exactly what I want for people who are far from Christ. That people who are far from Christ, I want them that the moment they meet Christ, they go from red to green. And see, and guys, if you're here today and, and you're a guest and, uh, and maybe you don't have a relation with Christ, first of all, I want to let you know that everything I say today, you're off the hook. This is not a message to you. This is not a message about you. This is a message for the people who have come to love and know Christ. And, and so don't take anything I, I say to be offensive. Um, but what I want is for people who don't know Christ to go from red to green because I spent 23 years of my life on red. 23 years of my life, I didn't know who God was. I didn't know Christ. Um, and, and I just kept saying, no, 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 and I was on red. But the moment I switched to green, he changed my life. He continues to change my life. And I want that for every living person on this planet. And see, and, th and that's whenever I started to realize that I don't just want this for people who are far from God. I want this for this church. I want this church to be a church that's not on red, but is on green. Especially whenever it comes to reaching people who are far from God. You see, if you believe in heaven, and you strongly believe in hell, and you strongly believe that everybody's going to spend eternity somewhere, then we really need to embrace this idea that we need to be not on red, and we need to step out of our comfort zone, stand in green whenever it comes to reaching people far from God. You see, uh, talking about getting out of our comfort zone, today, this, this time of year, Christmas, we celebrate the time when God stepped out of his comfort zone. We celebrate the time that God stepped away from being a God and stepped into being a man. And that he came here into a land that, honestly, I'm sure he was incredibly uncomfortable to be in. But it's time for us to step out of red and into green and see, often, and, and I'm guilty of this too, like we, we go from red and, and then we, we move into orange. Like we, we move into green in a lot of things, uh, but there's still kind of one, one foot in and one foot back. You know, God, I'll, I'll trust you on this and I'll trust you on that, but, you know, don't touch my money. I'll trust you on this and I'll trust you on that, but don't, don't, don't you know, hit me on the way I think about sex and, and how that works with relationships. You know, don't, don't take this and, you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if I can just talk about you. I, I don't know if I can go and, 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 and tell people about you. Just don't touch that part of my life. And, and what happens is we don't go from red to green, we go from red to 50 shades of red. So what's interesting is green on the color wheel is actually the opposite of red. You have red and then on the opposite side is green. So that actually means green is the complete absence of red. That green is every color in the world except for red. It has everything in it but red. In fact, with these lights, if we, if we go, um, if we turn on red and we turn on green, what we get is orange. 
Uh, and, and in the end, whenever we go from red to kind of red, kind of green, a little bit of both, it's still red. And so what I want to do today is I kind of want to lift this up, and I'm going to go into a, uh, into a story. And if you've never touched the Bible, if, you, if you've never uh, heard any of the stories, I guarantee you've heard this story. Um, and it's the story about Christmas. And uh, I'm actually going to pull up the nativity scene here. Um, you see, the nativity scene, I, I've passed many of these. We've all seen it. We've all heard the Christmas story. Uh, but we've heard it so many times, or we've seen it so many times, that we're kind of uh, numb to the idea of what's really going on in this. And so we have the nativity scene, and there's always Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. Um, there's always a donkey, always a horse. There's always a lamb. Uh, a couple days ago, I actually saw one with a cat uh, until I realized that the cat was just hanging out. Uh, it, it was a, a much, very much so a live cat and then walked off. Um, but then you always have two types of people. You have the, uh, uh, the guy on the right here who's a shepherd. And then we got these guys on the left. Who are those guys? Wise men. Now, and, and, you know, of course, I'm not here to ruin the theological uh, perfection of a nativity scene, but it's actually not accurate that the wise men were there at the same time as the shepherds. Um, in fact, uh, what we're going to come to learn is that it took them anywhere between six months to two years uh, to actually show up where Jesus was. Um, so, so honestly, like that shepherd, he, he's, you know, probably back at home, like he's gone, I hope he didn't chill there for two years uh, with, with a baby. So um, we're going to go ahead and get into this message some and get into the story. And I think what, I, what we see here is, is just how God moved somebody from red to green and how I want this church to move from red to green. And I think we can really learn that in this upcoming message. Now, as I pull this up, there's three words I want us to focus on. And the first one is connection. So as we go in, uh, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Now, it's not a huge issue because I kind of just went over the fact that they're from the east. Most, uh, most scholars think that they likely came from uh, the Persia area, which would be modern-day Iraq, Iran. Um, and so that's actually anywhere between 1,000 to 2,000 miles away, uh, and they likely traveled by camel. So uh, we'll go and go to verse 2. We see why they came. It says, and this is kind of where it gets a little weird. It says, and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, we saw his star. Now, what we come to find out is that these men, uh, we don't really know how many. It could be three. It could be 12. Most people say three uh, because of a verse later on. But uh, a lot of scholars think that there's closer to 12 wise men in this. But what we come to find is that the word magi and, and the fact that they're looking at stars, they were actually doing something that uh, in this day was considered sin. That they're doing something called uh, worshiping of stars, idolatry, that basically everything that they did was, was based around what the stars told them to do, that they weren't listening to God, that they were listening to stars and that they're focusing on the stars. And, you know, kind of like today, like we have astrology and, um, and you know, we, we get our... Uh, horoscope and uh you know but not really like but that's essentially kind of where that whole basis comes from and but what i love is god shows up as a star he shows up and he gives them a star to lead them and, and pull them out of where they're living now why is it so beneficial that it's a star and the answer is is because for for too long the church has been so focused around changing the behaviors of people rather than changing the hearts of people you see god was not worried about changing the behaviors because he showed up in the very thing 
that they're using to sin with. He showed up as a star because they already had a connection with stars. He showed up as a star because, he, once again, he's not worried about changing their behavior, but changing their hearts. And so the star starts to lead them out. And, and I know some of you guys are already thinking, like you already have somebody popping in your head. You already have that family member, that relative. You already have a coworker or a friend or maybe a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You have somebody that you have some form of relationship with that's popping in your head and you're saying, God, send them a star. But the truth is he already has you. And you say, no, 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 no. God, don't, don't touch that. No, 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 no. But he has. And see, the truth is, and kind of what, what I'm wanting to get to is the fact that we perceive silence. Uh, we, we keep saying, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? But in, in, in all honesty, just like at Rhodesia Grill, things are going all around them until you switch from green to red to green. It doesn't happen. And God wants to show up, not just have activity going around you, but he wants to have activity in you and through you. We have to embrace the fact that there is not a single relationship that as Christians that we have that is accidental. You are not accidentally friends with somebody. You have not had somebody accidentally walk into your life. You are not accidentally brother or sister to this person. Or you don't have that cousin that's accidentally your cousin. We have to embrace the fact that Christ has put people in our lives so that we could be their star. We have to step out of our comfort zone and move from red to green so that we can become that star. So, first word was connection. Second word I want to pull up is challenge. Now, these magi coming from the east, they had challenges. They had geographic challenges. These men had to travel uh, anywhere between one to 2,000 miles. They likely went over mountains. They likely went through lakes. They probably passed a desert or two. Um, they, they traveled during the cold time of the year and the hot time of the year. Uh, they, they just continued to move, and they had to pass all of these challenges. And then as we see, as they get close, um, not only were they far away, distance from God, but they're far away from God spiritually. As we saw earlier, they're doing something that's considered sin. They were far away from God emotionally. However, in the distance, just as, uh, as J.D. sang that song earlier, like, we don't have to go to him. He brought a star to them. And so God showed up where they were geographically. And God showed up where they were emotionally and carried them through the desert. God showed them up where they were spiritually as a star. See, their spirituality was stars. So God showed up to them and literally brought them to him. And then just as they get there, just as they get almost there, they, they come up and, and see, as we came into the story, they pulled into Jerusalem. Um, they, they face a situation of religious challenges. And we'll go ahead and, and pull that up. So when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, or Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Now, this puzzled me a little bit. Because 
here it is that these people are, are, are in Jerusalem and, and they're sitting around and, and they know this. Like they, they, right off the top of the head, I guarantee you they're able to pull out and say that, yeah, the, the Savior, he's going to be born in, in Bethlehem. Do you guys know how far Bethlehem is from Jerusalem? Six miles. That these men are sitting around waiting and, and all they do is they study and they study and they study and they know about Jesus and they know uh, they've been around him, obviously, they're, they're you know, six miles away from him, um, but they, they don't know him. Why have these men not traveled the six miles to go see Jesus? And see, and, and what I've come to realize is that uh, often we confuse religious activity with spiritual activity. We confuse religious activity with spiritual maturity. That, hey, you know, uh, I, I am green. I go to church every Sunday. I am green. I, I do give money in, in, in the in the the giving. I, I am green, um, you know, because I, I, I've done this and I've prayed and I read my Bible today. But in all honesty, that's not what it means to be green. What it means to be green is to say, God, I want you to have full control of everything I do. I want that, that today, whenever I walk out, that you're going to meet, introduce me to somebody that I can make a positive influence in their life. And, and so these, these guys, and then uh, Jerusalem was the epicenter of religious activity. Like that is where all, all the Jewish people came there to worship God. That is where their temple was. All the, the priests, all the leaders, everything was there. But yet they weren't willing to go six miles to see their savior. You see, the star that they mentioned earlier was also um, brought up in, in the Old Testament in uh, Numbers chapter 25, I wanna say. And so the star, uh, these leaders also knew about the star. And I guarantee you that they could probably see the same star that these pagans from 2,000 miles away saw, but they weren't willing to go across the street. So we'll go and continue on with uh, verse 7. So then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now, I pause there just for a second, but uh, I just want to let you know that Herod was not wanting to go and worship him. He was wanting to kill him, which we find out later, and that's a sermon for another day, but I just want to let you guys know that. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, this, this, this baffled me as well. These guys have traveled almost 2,000 miles. They're literally in the last, last 0.01% of the trip. They've traveled 1,994 miles, and they're six miles away from, from meeting Christ, but yet God still leads them with a star. You see, and, and, and it, it furthers my idea of the fact that God's not worried about our behaviors, but as much as he is worried about our hearts. He's worried about getting us to know him. And it furthers the idea that um, if, if God's put you as a star in somebody, you gotta take them the whole 2,000 miles. You see, uh, who, who has an, an issue with impatience? And if you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. You see, I'm the worst at it. I, I worked in Nashville at T-Mobile at, at a call center for six months, and now I just want to point out this is long before I, I met Christ. Um, but, you know, for those of you who have said I've never cussed, you have not driven in Nashville at rush hour. And, and if you guys heard the words that came out of my mouth back then, you would not want me on your stage right now. 
But again, that was in my past. And, uh, but um, I, I have terrible patience. Terrible patience. Guys, uh, you know, I, I remember growing up, like, who, 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 who gets impatient with their kids? About everybody? You know, I've heard it so many times. Do that one more time. Don't you do it. I remember growing up, my, my mom, she would always, you know, she'd start to count. One, two. She never got to three. I remember, I remember, you know, whenever I'm 18 years old, uh, uh, sadly enough, and my mom was still counting at me, um, <laughs> she, uh, you know, some of my friends were with me, and, uh, and, and my mom started counting, and I'm like, oh, oh goodness, better, well, I don't know what's going on, but, and so, and, and she got to two, just as she always got to two, and, and they asked me, they're like, what happens when she gets to three? I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. Never let her get there. Not one of my siblings ever let her get there. But, but the thing is, it's like it's impatience. Like we, we, we want them to stop. And so we, we start counting one, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Um, but often we're impatient with trying to be the star in somebody's life. You see, this was not a hop on a Delta airline and fly in, in a matter of, of a few hours and then show up. This was a 2,000 mile trip on a camel that was able to travel on average of 10 miles a day. So at 10 miles a day, that you're looking at over two-thirds of a year. I imagine they had uh, wheels that broke. I imagine they had issues and had to stop here and stop there, stay here and, and build up some food, go here, go there. Like, I imagine it wasn't just, you know, hey, let's start walking, and they don't stop walking. It took time. And guys, you don't know what people are going through. Like, we, we see people on the highlight reel. We see people on, you know, hey, uh, like looking back at, at, at old, old uh, you know, movies from, uh, from our childhood, and everybody always looks so happy. But the only time you pull out the camera is whenever you're at a celebration. Of course, everybody's happy on Christmas, and everybody's happy on Thanksgiving. But it's that time in between that the camera's gone, and, and we only see the, the highlights of people. But you don't know what's really going on inside. It reminds me of the story I heard. So this guy, he, he's on a, an airplane, uh, and he has two kids. I don't have any kids, but he has two kids. And apparently, the moment you get on an airplane, if you've ever experienced that, kids freak out. Uh, just everything, um, all of a sudden, their nose starts running. They start crying, freaking out. Uh, everything just goes berserk in their brain. And so he has two kids, and he's in there, and he's trying to, you know, this one gets a bottle, and this one's doing something. And, and so he's trying to manage them, and, and the guy in front of him turns around, and he's like, so, I see you have two kids. And he's like, yeah. He's like, me and my wife, we would, we'd give anything to have two kids. So the guy was like, so you, you don't have any kids? He's like, no, we have five. And I would give, <laughs> no, uh, but in all honesty, like, <laughs> we don't know what people are going through. People can be going through just awful things. Um, and so be patient. Guys, you know, it took me, uh, my friend Sam had it easy. My friend Sam invited me to church for a total of a month. And then on that month, like, we, we get to church, and, uh, and within an hour, like, I came to know Christ, and I, I went from red to green, like, right then. I'm a freak of nature. It doesn't happen that way. Like, I, I'm a, you know, I was a Delta airline, but in all honesty, it is a journey. It's not a, uh, you know, let's go, and you're there. It's, it's you were going to go through some stuff. And I, and I know how you feel. Like, some of you guys have invited people. And you decide, hey, I'm going to bring them to church. And you sit down, and you're so excited. You're like, I got them here. And you're sitting there, and, uh, uh, you know, 
um, you know, and, and Chris comes out, and you guys, you know, Chris is really good at delivering the gospel. Like, he is absolutely amazing at just delivering heartfelt uh, moments of gospel, and you're so excited, and, you know, JD's done singing, and he walks off, and Chris walks out, and he starts talking about money. And you're like, come on! Any other Sunday but today. Or, or maybe Chris does deliver the gospel, and, and you guys, you know, and, and at the end, he's praying, and, you know, you guys are supposed to have your eyes closed, and, you know, but you're peeking. You're looking at your friend next to you to see what's going on, and he's playing with his phone, and you're like, you know what, fine, whatever, burn. I don't care anymore. <laughs> whatever. But the fact is, it's like we can't be that way. As hard as it is, it's, we have to be patient. So my final word today is change. Now, who would change something about themselves? Don't lie. Guys, come on, we talked about this. No, the fact is, like, everybody, physically, let's just talk physically, everybody, I guarantee you, you know, Scarlett Johansson would change something about herself. I would change something. You know what? I, like, I see people with abs, and I have slabs. Like, I would change that about myself. I, I would change stuff about this world. I would change the fact that broccoli is good for you, and brownies are bad. I would change the fact that watching TV makes you fat, and, you know, running makes you skinny. Like, I would change that. It drives me crazy. No, but seriously, like, I, I, would, I would actually change real things about myself. I would change the fact that I have just incredibly evil thoughts at times. And don't judge me, because I know you are too. I know that if, if, I, if I said, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to record all your thoughts, and we're going to put them on a tape, and we're gonna, you guys would be out of here so quickly. <laughs> but I would. Like, I would change that about myself. I, I really would change things about this world. I would change the fact that over 50% of children born to a woman under the age of 30 is born to a single parent home because the guy took off on her. I would change the fact that over 27 million people are caught in the sex trade act. Or tra sex slave trade, sorry. Um, I, it's not an act. Um, I would change the fact that at this point in time, more marriages dissolve at a faster rate than they ever have in nation's history. I would change the fact that more Americans are, are, are more addicted to legal and illegal drugs than ever before. I would change the fact that people wake up and they have no hope. I would change the fact that people wake up with anxiety and worry. But you know what I've discovered? I can't change that. And I know that you would want to change that too because if those things got better, this would be a better place. And I know that you can't change it. I can't seem to change me and I sure can't change this world. But I know someone who can. I know someone who has been changing the world for the past 200 years or 2,000 years and is going to continue to change the world for the next. And guys, it starts here. It starts with us saying, I'm going to go from red to green. It starts with us saying, you know what? I'm not just going to tell somebody about a church service, but I'm going to physically bring them here. It goes from, I'm not just going to talk the fact that I, I like Christ, but I'm going to show the fact I love Christ, and I'm going to tell you about Christ. It goes from us going from red to green. Can you imagine? We have 350 adults in this, this auditorium every Sunday. For every 350, for every single adult in this auditorium, there are 350 people in Clarksville that don't know Christ. It's just here. Guys, I have faith in the, in the gospel. I have faith in the gospel because it's been giving people hope. I have faith in the gospel because it changed me and it's changed the majority of the people in this room. I have faith that the only fix for this nation, the only fix for this state, the only fix 
for this city starts with us going from red to green. Now what we see in this story, Matthew 2, verse 11 so on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Guys, these are people who their entire life have been worshipping themselves. These are people who their entire life have been thinking the star will give them the answers so that they can make money. These are people who their entire life have been takers. But what does it say? That in come... Coming to the house, which by the way, house, they were not at the manger. Um, that's, you know, just further proof my point. But on coming to the house, they fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's change. That is change right there. That is someone going from red to green. And you know what? It didn't happen until they got the full 2,000 miles there. It didn't happen until they actually were able to speak with Christ. And Christ was an infant at this time, anywhere between six months to two years old. And he changed them. What else do we have? It was the last verse. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Guys, one, God didn't need the star anymore. God already changed them with Christ. Now he's showing up as a dream. Two, this shows that, uh, that upon coming to Christ, it doesn't stop there. Like, we think that once, okay, we got him to Christ and that's the end of the journey. It's not. That's just the beginning. See, now God's talking to him in a dream. Because I show you, uh, actually, I'm going to pull up another picture real quick. Uh, and it's the picture of the uh, thing on the side. So, whenever you're done eating at Rodizio Grill, turn it sideways. That means I'm done. And guys, the only time that we're done from being green is whenever we're sideways, six foot under. The only time that we are done being for Christ is whenever we are dead. And what I love is the fact, and I just want to pull up that verse one more time. It says, they return to their country by another route. You see, once you meet Christ, you cannot be the same person. Once you meet Christ, you do not return the same way you came. You might go back to your country. You might go back to some of your friends you have, but you do not go back the same. Guys, we need to go from red to green. We need to be green for the people in our lives. We need to be green for Christ. And see, we're so wrapped up in why is God not talking to me here? Why is God not talking to me there? Why is God not talking to me in this aspect of my life? God's saying I am. Because in all honesty, my big idea today God's not being silent, waiting for you to go from red to green. Guys, if as I'm speaking to you today, if you had somebody pop in your name, that was not Satan speaking. That was not Satan telling you about, you know, uh, you know and you got to question whether or not it's God or, or Satan. That's not, that's not Satan. That is the Holy Spirit telling you that you need to go be a star in that person's life. You know, guys, uh, if, if you have troubles if you have a relationship that's just having issues you need to pay attention to that satan will do anything to destroy your relationship if he knows that you're about to lead him to christ if you have tensions going on in, in friendships that you have lean in on that ask him out ask him to go for dinner ask him to come over so you can hang out with him but in the end i want you to physically bring them 
to Christ. Whatever you have to do, if you need to grab a green Sharpie and go home on your mirror and you need to write that person's name, say, I'm going green for this person, do it. If you need a piece of paper, then write it on and keep it in your wallet, keep it somewhere. It's wherever you can see it every day. I'm asking you to go green for one person, not the 350. Because in all honesty, like I said, for every one person here, there's 350 people in Clarksville alone. So let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us a church that is refusing to be red and wanting to go green. And God, if there is somebody in this audience today who doesn't have that relationship with you, there is somebody here who doesn't know who you are and they felt something and they're just wanting to come home. God, I just pray that you give them the courage to pray this prayer with me. God, I know that I've never known you. And I'm starting to realize that I've been red and just know that being red can't, isn't making it. I can't change myself. I can't change what's going on and I, I sure cannot stop what, doing what it is I'm doing. But God, I, I'm starting to believe that I know that you can. You will. If you only forgive me. To the rest of the people in this audience, uh, if you've already got a relationship with Christ, God, I just, I just ask that, that you, you, you give them courage and you give them strength. Step outside of the box. God, I, I ask that you let them go from the red to the green. That they decide that they're going to go full on for you and bringing people to you. In your name I pray, amen.